Hi there! This is the PowerPoint Tribe, where our vibe is faith and our food is the Word. Prepare to be strengthened and encouraged through the teachings of God's Word and the ministry of the Spirit. You know, and uh, I think it's good, it's cool, it's a cool weather. And um, I trust you can hear me loud and clear. Please let me know in the chat room. Praise the name of the Lord. Hallelujah. Oh, great. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so very much. All right. So we've had such a very um, exciting time in the Word of God um, for the past two sessions. It's been uh, truly, truly a feast of God's Word. And I must not take these words for granted. Okay, because it, it takes a whole lot to communicate and to dispense the truth of God's word, you know, every time. And these are words of eternal life that we must treasure. So I, I want to say a big, big thank you to uh, Pastor Peace for laying, you know, the groundwork uh, two um, first days ago. It was such a beautiful word we received from Pastor Peace. And last week, all the way from Kenya, my very amazing friend and sister, uh, Pastor Yinka, brought God's word in a very, you know, uh, direct, straight, and very powerful uh, fashion. Thank you so much, ma'am. God bless your heart. I hope we are ready today for some more word. Uh, God's word is coming and it's going to come in so bright. It's going to come in, you know, in a very uh, amazing way to cause our heart to be transformed and to make us indeed excellent people, you know, in um, everything we lay our hands upon to do. Um, the first thing I would say is that, all right, excellence always have a reference. Excellence always have a reference. You can't talk about excellence without, you know, a reference to a particular thing, all right? So once you mention excellence, or once you allude to the word or to the character, of excellence, you are, you know, you are referring to a particular thing, a particular person. And in the PowerPoint tribe, we've been blessed to have a reference, you know, in the in our pastor, Pastor Dami is such an excellent man. You know, he's an excellent man. Can we just give Pastor Dami a big, big God bless you and a big, big, you know, thank you in the chat room. Uh, he's, he's, he's really an excellent person and has inspired us so much. Thank you, sir, for the opportunity, you know, once again to bring God's word to God's people. And thank you for how you've molded excellence thus far. We, we love and we celebrate you, sir. Praise the name of the Lord. Yes, let's keep, let's, um, let's keep having it. Let it come much more. Yes, yes, we do. Thank you for pastoring us excellently. That's the word. We celebrate you, sir. Thank you, thank you, Pastor. We 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 love you, Mega, and we truly we truly celebrate and honor your sacrifices and um, everything you do for the body and particularly for the PowerPoint tribe, even at this time and at this season. God bless you, sir. Amen and amen. Can we just say a short word of prayer, Heavenly Father? We thank you for the Spirit of Jesus Christ that is present in this place. Thank you for the entrance of your word. Thank you for the effulgence of light that your word always brings. I ask, Lord God, as I teach tonight, I ask that, oh God, you fill my mouth with your words. I ask that, oh God, you cause this word to be transformative indeed in the name of Jesus. Father, Lord, we come as 
thirsty sponges. Lord God, please fill our hearts, even with your precious and your known word, even at this time, even at this season. In that holy, worthy, majestic name, Jesus Christ, we have prayed and we have received. And everybody in agreement with this prayer says, Amen, Amen, and Amen. Hallelujah. All right. So we will just, uh, uh, Pastor Peace and Pastor Inca have done such a great work, as I've said. Uh, today, what I want to do is to speak on the subject, the excellent spirit um, from three spectrum, right? If you're talking about excellence, you will always factor in these three concepts I'm going to be sharing tonight. I hope I'm able to, you know, I'll finish up most times when we teach, we don't finish our, <laughs> you know, we don't just finish, but uh, let's, wherever we stop, uh, we we can, we can call it um, a time and um, Pastor Itoro will continue <laughs> next week. Praise the name of the Lord. So I'll be sharing on the spirit of excellence from three spectrum, okay? I will be looking at character, we'll be looking at competence, and we'll be looking at capacity, okay? So the three C's of excellence, that, that's character, um, competence, and um, capacity. And uh, I think Pastor Yinka and Pastor Peace have done such a very phenomenal work, you know, on the, on, on the, on the first level, character, you know, and uh, they were able to touch the others, but um, emphasis was made so much, you know, on character. And I think I'm going to also start from there and um, let's see how we're going to get on. Now, let's turn our Bibles to Daniel chapter 1 and 8. We've, we've been considering that particular scripture. Don't never get tired of looking at the same scripture again and again. Very important because you see something new, something different, you know, uh, a new illumination. All right. Whenever you go back to check the scriptures, let's go back to Daniel chapter 1 and verse 8. Just a context to that. All right, Daniel was 16 years old when he was taken captive from Judah in Jerusalem to Babylon. All right, he was a young boy, was just a teenager. All right, and um, he, he, he had this awareness of God. He had such a very formidable character. And he said something very profound, or, or the Bible says something very profound regarding him in um Daniel chapter 1 and 8. The Bible says, but Daniel proposed in his heart, all right, because I, I, I love to always go back to the foundation, okay? You can't talk about competence. You can't talk about capacity if you don't talk about character, all right? The Bible says, but Daniel proposed in his heart that he would not defile himself, all right, with a portion of the king's delicacies, nor with the wine which he drank, Therefore, he requested of the chief of the Enoch that he might not defile himself. All right. Very, very instructive scripture. But Daniel proposed in his heart. When you read other translations, you know, you hear words like, and Daniel determined in his heart. Okay. And Daniel resolved in his mind. All right. And Daniel made up his mind. All right. It was, he, he had such a, a strength of character. Very quickly, let's go over to Genesis, Genesis chapter 49, to juxtapose this with what we've just read. Genesis chapter 49, a very, um, if you've been in the PowerPoint tribe, you're, you're, you're used to Genesis 49, all right? That's where we have the prevailing blessing, praise God. Genesis chapter 49, all right? We'll begin to read from, um, from verse 1. 
can you put it up there in uh, in the chat room, please? Um, Genesis chapter one, Genesis chapter forty-nine. Beg your pardon. We'll begin to read from verse one in the NLT translation. If you have that, Genesis chapter number forty-nine. All right, Jacob was about to, you know, uh, it was his final days, you know, upon the face of the earth, and he called his sons together, you know, and began to share what will happen to them in the latter times, as the Bible rightly said. Genesis chapter 49, um, I'm trying to look for you here, thank you. Genesis 49, we begin to read from verse 1. Thank you very much in the... NLT translation of the Bible. NLT is my choice of translation for this particular reading. The Bible says, Then Jacob called together all his sons and said, Gather around, around, gather around me, and I will tell you what will happen to each of you in the days to come. He said, Come and listen, you sons of Jacob. Listen to Israel, your father. Then he began to talk about a man called Reuben. He says, Reuben. You are my firstborn. You are my strength. He says, you are the child of my vigorous youth. You are the first in rank and first in power. I like this part. Every child of God is first in rank and first in honor. First in rank and first in power based on who you are connected to based on your lineage, based on, you know, who birthed you, you are first in rank and first in power. But just being first in rank and first in power is not enough to excel in life. He says, Reuben, you've got all these qualities working for you. You are my strength. All right. He says, you are, you are the child of my vigorous youth. You are first in rank and first in power. He says, but verse 4, he said, but you, are as, you, but you are as unruly as a flood, and you will be first no longer, for you went to bed with my wife and defied my marriage couch. Hallelujah. In, uh, in other translations, it says you are unstable as water. Talking about character. It says you are unstable. Even though you are first in rank, even though you are first in power, you are unstable. The word unstable there is from the uh, from the Hebrew word words. pakas. When you're like Hello? Can somebody kindly unmute? Um, can you just mute? Beg your pardon. Jubius, can you mute? Thank you so much, sir. All right. Can you just mute Jubius so we can have... Um, we can avoid distraction. Please also, if you're um, if you're muted, kindly just mute your mic. Praise the name of the Lord. All right. So he, he says, Reuben, you are my you are my firstborn, the, the child of my vigorous youth. You are first on the list in rank and honor. But verse four says, you are unstable as water. I said the word unstable there is the Hebrew word pakaz. Pakaz. You know, is in twofold. It means unstable, yeah. Then it also means unrestrained. Somebody whose emotion, whose behavior cannot be restrained. It says you're unstable. You are. You can't be restrained. You know, another word for that is indisciplined. Unstable, unrestrained, indisciplined. It also means 
undependable. All right? Unrestrained, indisciplined, undependable. That's the word pakaz, unstable. That's what it means in the Hebrew word. Now, he went further to say, because you are unstable, you will not excel. You will not be excellent. You cannot be excellent. Why? Because you are unstable. Because you are not dependable. Because you are indisciplined. Hallelujah. So the, the first thing God wants us to know when it comes to the spirit of excellence, when it comes to the spirit of excellence, is that the spirit of excellence, write this down, is the character of discipline, stability, and reliability. The spirit of excellence is the character, the character of discipline, stability, and reliability. All right? So you want to be an excellent person? Take away indiscipline out of your life. You want to be an excellent person? Take away unreliability out of your life. Okay? If you're a kind of person that, you know, you we sometimes you hear people say, oh, we can't talk to him. All right? Oh, can you call this person? Let us talk. Oh, you can't talk to this one. You can't even talk to him. All right? A person with emotions, whose behavior cannot be restrained. He does whatever he likes. You can't talk to him. He cannot be corrected. Okay? He's just, he's, just, he's just a lord over himself. He's unrestrained. You know, we usually say that um, water always finds its level. You cannot, you can't, you can't once, you know, you can't restrain water except you have something, you know, to really, really, you know, like maybe create a, 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 a kind of boundary. Because once water finds a way, it just begins to flow. It begins to flow. It can't be restrained. It says, Reuben, you are stable as water. So Jacob wasn't cursing Reuben. He was only describing a state. In essence, a person who is unstable, who is not dependable, who is indisciplined, cannot excel. Who is not disciplined, rather, all right? cannot excel in life. It was only, it was not a curse. It was not cursing his son. It was only describing who Reuben was at the time. And says, because you went up to your father's couch, you went up to defile it, you couldn't restrain yourself, you're indisciplined, you can't be dependent upon. It says, you will not excel. So the first thing we must understand is that the spirit of excellence is the character of discipline, stability, and reliability. So are you, are you reliable? Are you dependable? Okay? Are you, are you disciplined with your words, with your thoughts, with your actions? That's where you start first. Because if we just keep talking about competence, you know, and how to do things excellently, you know, how to, that's part of it. We're going to get there. But the foundation remains that you must be a person of character. The spirit of excellence, once again, is the character of discipline, stability, and reliability. Are you dependable? Can we count on you? All right? Can you be counted upon? Hallelujah. So the spirit of excellence, once again, the final time, is the character of discipline, stability, and reliability. Excellence, sir, is not a gift. There's nothing like the gift of excellence. Go through the Bible 
and go through life. <laughs> There's nothing like the gift of excellence. You don't, excellence is not a gift that comes to you. You got to develop it. Now, 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 3 and 8. 2 Peter chapter 1, we begin to read from verses 3 and 8. My choice of translation, one more time, is the NLT translation. 2 Peter chapter number 1. It says, according as the divine power had given us all things that pertain to life and godliness. 2 Peter chapter 1, we begin to read from verse 3 and 8. Are you there? All right. By his divine power, God has given us everything we need for living a godly life. Look at that. It says, we have received all of this by coming to know him. All right. The one who called us to himself by means of his marvelous glory and excellence. And because of his glory and excellence, he has given us great and precious promises. These are the promises that enable you to share his divine nature. And escape the world's corruption caused by human desires. Do you see that? In view of this, look at this. Even though God has given unto you all things that makes for life and godliness, all things that you could partake in the divine nature. How do you partake of this divine nature? Verse 5 begins to tell us. It says, In view of this, make every effort to respond to God's promises. Supplement your faith. I love this. With a generous provision of moral excellence. Supplement your faith. It's not enough to be a Christian. It's not enough to be born again. It's not enough to be filled with the Holy Ghost. He says supplement this faith that you've received in Christ Jesus. He says supplement it with moral excellence. In other translations, in the KJV, in the NKJV, he says add to your faith. But the NLT, you know, amplifies it better. It says, it says, supplement your faith with a generous. The word is the word spodazo in the Greek. That is abundantly supply. Furnish your faith. You are a Christian. That's good. All right. You're born again. That's fantastic. But don't stop there. It says, supplement your faith with a generous provision of moral excellence. The word moral excellence is the word virtue. The word virtue is the word character. Hallelujah. Praise the name of the Lord. He says, supplement your faith with a generous provision of moral excellence. And moral excellence with knowledge. Do you see that? Now, let me not run ahead of myself. But you see, excellence is not a gift. Excellence is not a gift. It is an attitude generated by a spirit. And how you get the spirit is by doing things constantly and consistently, by developing this character. All right? It says, add to your faith moral excellence. Add to moral excellence knowledge. And it goes on and on and on. It says, add to, more, add to knowledge self-discipline. Hallelujah. So I'll be sharing four things where um, character is concerned. And the first thing I would say is, number one, is that excellence originates in the mind and translates in your speech and demonstrates in your life. Excellence originates first and foremost in your heart, in your mind, okay? And translates in your speech and demonstrates in your life. 
okay so it, it um it, it starts from inside okay excellence is not imposed from the outside excellence is released from the inside so there's a whole lot of character build up to do when it comes to excellence even though ruben was you know it was he had all of the he was first in rank he had all the ability but he could not excel because he was deficient in character when ability and character collide most times character will prevail okay every time in fact character will prevail hallelujah Samson had such an ability in strength but he had no character so he could not excel okay joseph didn't have all the physical strength you could think about but he had character and so he was able to excel so the first point of call when it comes to the spirit of excellence is that we are talking about the character of discipline stability and reliability so the first thing i will say here is that excellence originates in your mind and translating your speech the way you speak all right what comes up from your mouth and it now finally demonstrates itself in the way you conduct your life because excellence is not imposed from the outside it is released from the inside hallelujah and the more you study god's word the more you interact with god's word the more you find out that god is an excellent god god is an excellent god you see mediocrity is is a personal trait and if you the, the more you interact with god the more you discover that he is an excellent god there is the beauty there is this you know character about god that's when we read the bible you read things like is is you know full of loving kindness full of mercy okay full of grace and all of these wonderful virtues okay because excellence is first and foremost a a it's a it's it, 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 it's a theme of character before it's a thing of other things <laughs> hallelujah second corinthians chapter 3 and 8 second corinthians chapter 3 and 18 the more you interact with god the more you see his excellence second corinthians chapter 3 and 18 a very popular scripture but i would also like to take my rendition today from the niv i'm not fighting with kjv today but let's just let's just flow <laughs> as the spirit gives us utterance praise god forevermore second corinthians second corinthians chapter number three second corinthians chapter number three thank you very much we're going to read from verse 18 in the niv translation of the bible all right now the bible says and we all look at this we with unveiled faces contemplate the lord's glory are being transformed into his image with ever increasing glory which comes from the lord who is the spirit it says as we contemplate the lord's glory as you as you partake you know of of the lord as you partake in his word as you get to know more about him you know he says there is a there is this transformation that happens so we are being transformed into his image with ever increasing glory ever increasing glory hallelujah so you cannot interact with god and remain the same you cannot interact with the god of the bible and be a mediocre it is not possible it's an error 
it's a misnomer that you're interacting with glory and 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 there is still yet uh mediocrity and um, being average in your life it's a misnomer it's an error that ought to be corrected it says as we interact as we contemplate with the lord's glory it says we are we are being transformed into his image with ever increasing glory hallelujah so like i said before number one excellent originates in your mind and translating your speech and demonstrate in your life number two is that a person of excellence possesses ethics and integrity a person of excellence possesses ethics and integrity because you know what the gift god gives to you will will definitely carry you but only your character will keep you god's gift upon your life will carry you it will carry you to certain places but what will keep you is your character so a, a, a person of excellence is a person of ethics and integrity so if integrity we, we may want to define integrity integrity simply means the integration of your words and your behavior okay that is um what you believe must manifest in what you be in, in in how you behave okay what you believe must manifest in how you behave there must be an integration of your words and your behavior okay so a person of excellence all right is you know is is a person of ethics and integrity hallelujah let's run number three another thing we must understand when we begin to talk about character you know where excellence is concerned is that excellence always shows genuine respect for others hallelujah reuben didn't respect his father reuben didn't respect his father's wife okay and um and jacob said you are not going to excel because you are not a person who shows respect do you see that he says excellence shows genuine respect for other people so my question or my contemplation you know in this regard to you is that what is people to you or who are people to you are, are people just do you, do you just see people as opportunities to get ahead in life do you just treat people you know as uh, are they just pawn all right in your game do you just see people as um as um as things you can use to climb to where you want to get to hallelujah the bible says of daniel that daniel petitioned the king regarding his friends shadrach meshach and abednego all right daniel had to petition the king all right regarding these people and after daniel petitioned the king the king promoted them do you have genuine respect and care for people or are you just um you just see people as just um things you can use to um advance your cause and just you know get ahead and once you do you just you know uh you use and dump that's not the character of excellence number four the last one for this part a person of excellence is constant and consistent hallelujah a person of excellence is constant and consistent praise the name of the lord daniel chapter number six Daniel chapter number six. A person of character, a person of excellence, beg your pardon, is constant and consistent. Daniel chapter number six, we begin to read from verse four. 
Look at this, everybody. The Bible says, so the governors and satraps sought to find some charge against Daniel concerning the kingdom. But they could not, but they could find no charge of fault because he was faithful. Another word for being consistent is faithfulness. Another word for consistency, rather, is faithfulness. Are you a faithful person? Are you dependable? All right. Are you are you faithful in the things you commit to do? Are you faithful in those things? Hallelujah. Are you faithful to the church? Are you faithful in your family? Are you faithful at work? Are you a faithful person? Are you consistent? All right. Are you just, you know, do you just easily, you're just, you know, you, you are easily driven by moods and um, all that. Today you are here. Tomorrow we don't find you anymore. Are, are, you, are you faithful? Hallelujah. He says, they could not find no child of fault because he was faithful. Nor was there any error of fault found in him. Hallelujah. Are you faithful? A person of excellence is consistent and constant. Is a faithful person. Okay? So, in, uh, sometimes we ask God for things. We ask God for a wife. We ask God for a job. Never ask God for what you are not willing to be consistent in. Very important. All right? Very important. Don't, don't, don't ask God for things that you will not be consistent in. What's the point? What's the point? Okay? You're asking God for certain things and God brings that thing your way. And you are just, you are not faithful to that which God has committed to your trust. You are not faithful in the assignment God has given to you. You are not constant. You are not consistent. You are not giving it all it takes. Today, it's, uh, it's good. Tomorrow, mm, I don't feel like. Then tomorrow again, we have you. Then tomorrow, we are not seeing you. Can you be constant? Can you be consistent? Can you introduce, all right, consistency and faithfulness into your character? Hallelujah. Number one, excellent originating your mind and translating your speech and demonstrating your life. Number two, a person of excellence possesses what? Ethics and integrity. Number three, excellence shows genuine care and respect for all the people. And number four, a person of excellence is constant and consistent. Now let's talk about competence. I'd like to ask a question, church. Is excellence a function of grace or works? I'd like to get an answer. Let me see your answer in the chat room. Is excellence a function of grace or is it a function of works? Hallelujah. <laughs> All right. Both. Mm, fantastic. 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 We're going to, we are going to examine that, you know, uh, in, in a short while. Now, we have talked about character. Um, let's quickly talk about competence. Now. Grace, grace then produces works. Okay, the grace we receive, we use it to work. Mm, fantastic, fantastic, good stuff, good stuff. All right, now competence is the quality or the state of being sufficient in knowledge, judgment, skill, or strength. That's Merriam Webster's definition of, um, of competence. It says the quality or state of being sufficient in knowledge, judgment, skill, or strength. All right, and I ask, is excellence a function of grace or works? And we said both. Let's let's um, let's examine that. 
Proverbs chapter number 31, a very common scripture we use, you know, when we begin to talk about marriage, um, a virtuous woman and all of that. Uh, Proverbs 31, let's consider that scripture again. Okay. It says, who can find a virtuous wife? It says, for our worth is far above rubies. It says, who can find a virtuous wife? Okay, now the word virtuous also means strong, capable, and efficient. It says we can find a strong, capable, and efficient, all right, in this case, wife or man or brother or sister or anybody for that matter. It says for a worth is far above rubies. Okay, now we must understand that this is a description of a quality okay um it, it's a description of our quality and not a gift like i said excellence is not a gift okay it's not a it's, it's not it's not a gift it's something you you work to become all right now this is a description of um of our quality and not a gift it says who can find that is a a, a a person who is capable who is strong and who is um efficient is not common to get you can't find them on the street. He says, who can find this person? He says, for our worth is far above rubies. Hallelujah. So is your work above or below rubies? What do you do in your office? All right. If you is your is your boss thinking that you are being overpaid? Or does your boss think that? You know, you are so good, you are so sufficient, you are so good in what you do that um, no matter how much he's paying you, he thinks, you know, he doesn't have enough to pay you. In that organization, in that company, is your price above or below rubies? Okay? You need to ask yourself that question. Are you producing value at a level that is above rubies? Because we have believers today, you know, who are Christians, who love God, you know, but who produce average and mediocre work. Okay. When we're counting, you know, excellent staff in the office, in the organization, all right, we, we can't count them. Even though they are they're very they, they can speak in tongues, they can, you know, they they know how to do all those church things and speak church language. But when it comes to delivering value in the marketplace, they are, they are found wanting. And the Bible says, it says this woman, she's a virtuous woman. You know, it says a, a word is far above Ruby. He said, who can find her? She's not common. It's not common. Hallelujah. So is your, is your worth above rubies? That is above money or below. What you do in your organization, if you tender your resignation today, are they going to say, ah, thank God, wherever we've been trying to find a way to tell you that, you know, you know, the economy and everything, or will they bring you to the negotiating table and say, what do you want? What can we do for you? Hallelujah. Praise the name of the Lord. Now, you know, you see, the, the, the question of whether excellence is a function of either grace or works, I will explain it like this. Since Dr. Victoriana is the last person, that just dropped the chart. I will use that as an example. Praise God. Now let's 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 assume Dr. Victoriana, maybe let's say while she was nine years old, 
all right, in in in, in our school, okay, and um, there was a time where there would be prize giving day in school after the semester after the term, you know, and she has a father, she has a mother, you know, in attendance, and they say best in English language, Victoria Anna Odunjo, best in mathematics, you know, and um, they call her name, best in singing, they call her name. You know, and, and she keeps getting the prizes, all right. And they say overall best in um in 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 Jesus one, okay. And uh, they, they also call a name, but you, you will notice something if you're if you're best in directing, <laughs> if you're if you attended the kind of primary school I attended, you know, and um, they call your name. Maybe you're, you're being called as best student in mathematics, for example. You see that child, you know, takes the gift. Watch this. This is very important. This knowledge is very important. The child takes the gift and gives it to her parent. Okay? Best in mathematics, Victoriana, she takes the gift, she gives it to her parent. Best in English language, she takes the gift, she gives it to her parent. Why is she giving the prize to her parents? Okay? The, the 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 mom wasn't there while she was battling with the algebras and the geometry or, or while she was studying the integrated science or doing the the physical education or the social studies mom and dad was not there okay but she was the one sweating it out and doing all of those things but why is she not giving the price to her parents because her parents paid for her school fees watch this her parents you know sponsored her to school the school fees and everything is a function is grace okay but you can have grace you can you know your, your parent can send you to school you know and do all of those things and give you money and give you everything and yet you don't you frustrate the grace of god by coming you know first from the last hallelujah okay so grace is the school fees that was paid for the reading the studying, all right, and uh, exerting herself is the work. Hallelujah. So grace can give you things. Grace can give you the ability to think. Grace can give you the ability to breathe. But what are you doing with those, with the grace of God? Are you frustrating the grace of God by not working? Hallelujah. So the grace of God is available, but what are you doing with the grace? You've got a, 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 a God has given you a grace to sing very well. You're a fantastic and phenomenal singer. Or God has given you the grace for leadership. You can lead, you can organize things, you know. But what are you doing with those giftings? What are you doing with those things? Are you just ordering them like the, like the, like the, you know, the, the servant with the one talent and saying, what's this, you know, amongst many? And when I had to bury it, what are you doing with the grace of God? So, so the, 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 the question of competence is, uh, is a question of both grace and works. Number, I'll, I'll, I'll be sharing three things regarding the parable of the talent, where grace, you know, I, you just juxtapose, you know, grace and works, and let's see, you know, where that leads us to. Number one, God does not judge grace, he judges works. God does not judge grace, he judges works. God is not going to judge the anointing of God upon your life. He is giving you the anointing. He says the gift and the calling of God, they are without repentance. He's not going to, he's, he's giving it to you. He's not going to take it back. 
but it's going to judge what you did with those things. So God does not judge grace. He judges works. When the people, when the servants came, you know, to, to, to the master, he says, you gave me five talents. I, I went ahead, I traded with it, and I got additional five. He says, good, well done. You, you, you gave me two. You know, he didn't say, oh, two is just too small. He said, I traded with you. I, I traded with this, you know, and um, I got extra two. He says, well done. But the one with, the, with just the single talent, say, you know what, I think you're an hard man, and I was afraid, and I buried your talent. And um, the master judged him based on his works and not what he had given to him. Number two, God does not reward grace. He rewards works. Hallelujah. So what God, will, what God will reward is not what, you know, he has gifted you to be. It's not what he has given to you, but what you do with those works. Hallelujah. He's giving you a very, you know, amazing voice to sing. How does he reward you? By walking it, walking it, walking it. All right? Walking it. You don't just sit down and say, you know, well, I'm gifted, I'm blessed, I'm, 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 I have God's gift and everything, and you just sit down and do nothing. No, you must work. You must work. We must work. Hallelujah. We must love hard work. <laughs> we must love hard work. You see this thing called soft life, all right, is a, is a demon from the pit of hell, okay? You know, just, you don't want to do anything. You just, you just want to do the barest minimum and just enjoy life. No, Paul said, I labored more abundantly than they are, even though I had the grace of God. But I didn't just wait on the grace. I took that grace and I walked with that grace. Hallelujah. Number three, God gives us gift, but it is work that makes us excellent. God gives us gift in whatever fashion, in whatever capacity, but it is works that makes us excellent. If you are not going to work with what God has given unto you, you are not going to be excellent, even though you are anointed, even though you are first in rank. Remember what we started from in Reuben? It says you are the you are you are you are the beginning of my strength. You know, you are he gave him all of this. He, he was, you know, saying all of those wonderful things. I would think, okay, the next is going to say it's going to be a huge blessing. He says, but you will not excel because you didn't. You know, you you went to your father's couch and you defiled it. No respect, you know, for your father. He says, so God gives us gifts, but it is work that makes us excellent. All right? All right? So sometimes you meet excellent people and you tell them, how do you do these things? And they just say, oh, it is God, though. Oh, it is grace. So, all right? That is true, but it's not, it's not completely true. It is grace. For instance, do you meet a Ronaldo and say, Ronaldo, you play so well. How do you do it? You know, and he says, oh, my brother, it is great. So, no, that guy works hard. That guy works hard. All right? He, he has the grace, but he's not just saying, oh, it is grace and grace, you know, and um, he does nothing. He's working hard in training, in practicing, in rehearsing. Okay, while others are sleeping, he's in the field training, working out himself, doing the workout. Okay, it's not just grace, it is works. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So you don't you don't you don't just you know 
go around and saying, oh, when you see people excelling, you say, oh, it is grace. So our pastor Dami has grace. It's just grace that is that place. Like, it has grace to preach. No, there is grace to preach. But if you don't study, <laughs> if you don't read, if you don't fellowship, that grace will become useless. Okay? So we have people who now, you know, just want to have the laying on of hands. You know, the middle pastor, pastor lay hands on me. All right, you have this grace. I enjoy the way you speak. I enjoy the way you preach. There's just this thing about you. Pastor, lay hands on me. You know, and people are receiving laying of hands and, and they go back and their, their life is still the same because they're not working. They are not doing the work. They're not putting the, the work in. They just want the laying of hands and um, no, just, just impartation or just impart on me and that'll be all. No, all right? If I'm going to trace the origin of laying on of hands, let's just let's quickly touch on that. We are running out of time. In scriptures, you got laying on of hands after you must have worked. All right. Elisha got the mantle from Elijah after 20 years of work, after 20 years of following hard after Elijah. That's when he got the mantle. All right. Before Moses laid his hand upon Joshua. Joshua had studied Moses for 40 years. 40 years Joshua was following his master, following his leader, understanding him. He was studying Moses like a textbook. He was with him on the mountain. He was ever with him. And the Bible says Moses laid his hands upon Joshua, okay? And the spirit of Moses came upon him. So when we say the spirit of something is upon a person, that spirit, the, the, the word spirit just simply means you have practiced so long enough that you have attracted the spirit of that thing. I think Pastor P said that in his opening re remark, you know, that you can practice so much and that applies both negatively and positively, okay? If you, if you steal so much, all right, you can attract that spirit that you just know where money is. You just know that money is here because you have studied so much that you can, you, the environment has recognized you that, you know, is here now. So money is under this place. And without thinking about it, you, you know, you, you, you're beginning to, you know, just attract things because you have practiced stealing for such a long time that you just know where to find money. You just know where it is. You know where to check. You know what, what to do because you've attracted the spirit. Same thing, you know. Once you yield your body to, you know, fornication or something, once you do something long enough, the spirit of that thing begins to come upon you, all right? And that's in the negative side. Also in the positive side, once you do something long enough, okay, you begin to attract the spirit dimension of that thing. Very powerful, very powerful. So you want to be an excellent person, keep practicing, all right, what makes for excellence. Keep practicing, you know, great character. Keep putting in the work, all right? Refuse to be average. Dr. Miles Munro said something. He said, he said, how did he put it now? I think he said something like, um, average is the grave where excellence is buried. Yes, that's what he said. He says, average is the grave where excellence is buried. Hallelujah. Let's quickly move and um, let's get to capacity hallelujah capacity capacity proverbs chapter 22 and verse 29 can we have that quickly i'm rushing right now proverbs chapter 22 and 29 let's quickly 
you know, do justice to these. Proverbs chapter 22 and 29. The Bible says, says Seest thou a man diligent in his business, he shall stand before kings, he shall not stand before mean men. The first thing we notice that is that excellence is observable. Excellence is observable. All right. It says, Seest thou a man or see a man. Excellence is observable. You can't say you're an excellent person and, 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 and we can't see it. <laughs> All right? You can't say you are excellent and um, you are. We, we can't see it in the way you talk, in the way you organize things. We can't see excellence in your life. You say, oh, I'm an excellent person. It's just that you don't know it. There's nothing like that. All right? If you're an excellent person, no matter how much you want to hide, your words or, you know, or rather your works, we speak for you. Your works become like your signature. You can't be hidden. It says, let your light so shine before men. It says, let your light so shine. So shine. Not just shine. It says, let your light so shine that men may see your good works and glorify your Father in heaven. Let your light so shine. Let your light so shine. So excellence is observable. Okay? You can't say you are excellent and we cannot see it. Okay? So if you are an excellent person, it will be seen in how you conduct your life. We can, or you, you can't hide. You can't be hidden because you're an excellent person. It says, see thou a man. The first thing we see there is that excellence is observable. Okay. Number two is that excellence relates to what you do. <laughs> Low-key excellence. Hallelujah. <laughs> you can't have anything like that. Okay. Excellence relates to what we do. Okay. So you can't say you are excellent and we can't see it in anything you do, okay? So once you say somebody's excellent, is in relation to what he is doing. He says, seest thou a man diligent in his business. You have a business. You have a business. There is a business you are doing. Are you excellent in that business? So excellence relates to what you do. So whatever you're trying to do, the Bible says, says, do it with all your mind. Do it well. Do it well. I refuse to be average. Okay, it's not just a confession, it's a, it's a determination. I refuse, all right, to be in the class of mediocres and average people and just doing things and just, you know, um, just doing what you're asked to do, not going beyond and above, just doing what is normal, okay? An excellent person goes beyond the call of duty, he does much more. Hallelujah. So excellent relates to what you do. Number three, excellence brings out, you know, excellence brings you out of the unknown. It's a very important question you need to ask yourself, you know, and I myself inclusive. All right. Who are the people exposed to your work? Who are the people exposed to your work? Okay. If the people that expose your work constantly are people who are unknown, you are not excellent. That's what the Bible says, not me. All right. It says, says thou a man diligent his business, he shall stand before kings and not mere men. So if you are constantly being exposed to mere men, every moment, every single moment of your life, in your career, you know, it's just the same set of people, all right, unknown people, people who are not kings themselves, people who are not excellent in what they do. If you are constantly being exposed to such kind of people, it's uh, a report card that says you are not excellent. All right, so excellence will always, of a necessity, bring you to people, all right, of class, of pedigree, okay? 
you begin to interact with things because your work has become so good that it can't be just for mere men. It has to be for kings. It is now king class. Hallelujah. Number four, excellence will raise you to the highest level. It says, says that in my indigenous business, he shall stand before kings. That's the highest level. Okay? That's the highest level. He says, he shall stand before kings. He will not stand before mere men. At every material time, there are people looking for excellent employees. There are people looking for excellent people in every field of life. Currently in our nation, Nigeria, we are looking for excellent leaders. We are looking for an excellent president. Hallelujah. We're looking for excellent governors. So every time, at every material time, there is always a demand for excellence. All right? So if you are always, you know, in need and you can't get things done, you always complain, you know, or oh, uh, um, so, so, so sometimes when people say life is hard, it's a relative statement. Okay? Life is not always hard. Okay? Because there are people who are willing all right, to divert resources to you because of what you bring to the table. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise the name of the Lord. I, I, will, I will wrap up with this. I have just a few minutes. Please, can you uh, just uh, give me a little bit of time? I need to share this. This is very important. Proverbs chapter number 16 and 26. Can I have it in the NIV rendition? Proverbs chapter number 16. Now I want to talk about capacity. Proverbs chapter number um, 16 in the NIV translation of the Bible. Praise God forevermore. I will learn something tonight. Father, we give you praise. Proverbs chapter number 16. Uh, Father, we thank you. It's pretty dark here. Uh, that's one of the things we're saying, all right? Uh, we hope to have an excellent economy where there will always be power supply. Praise God forevermore. I have to hear the sounds of generators from left, right, you know, just booming. Proverbs chapter number 16 and 26. The Bible says, look at this. The appetite of laborers works for them. Their hunger drives them on. I like this. The appetite of laborers works for them. Their hunger drives them on. So two things we find here, appetite and hunger. Appetite and hunger. You see, we have people who are hungry, but who don't have appetite for excellence. They are hungry for excellence, but they don't have appetite for excellence. And we have people who have you know, appetite for excellence, but they're not hungry for excellence. I'll explain what I mean by that. Have you seen an a, 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 a very hungry person? Okay. Have you, have you ever been hungry before? You just want to meet a need at this instant time. Just, you know, get food and um, you're satisfied. All right. So there are some people who are hungry for excellence. They're hungry for success. But because they don't have capacity, they don't have a large appetite. All right. So once they meet that particular need, they are settled. Once they get married, they are, they are fine. Once, once they travel out of the country, they don't do any other thing. They just, you know, now I'm in Canada, now I'm in the US, now I'm in UK. Oh, I've Japan, I've, I've, I've escaped the corruption as in Nigeria. Now I'm here. And they settle. And there's nothing happening in their lives anymore because they were hungry, but their hunger 
was not uh, didn't have enough appetite so they just achieved a particular thing and that's it or somebody who graduated from university has been chasing you know a particular kind of degree he gets it and he does nothing he's not improving himself he's not doing nothing he has achieved what he wants okay he's hungry but he has no appetite do you see that so you can be hungry and yet you don't um, really have appetite all right so once you just eat little you're satisfied okay but a person who is excellent a person who is excellent is both hungry and has a large appetite for success and for excellence all right so you're not the kind of person that just you know you just um you achieve something and you sit down because people have clapped for you people have said oh well done that was good and you stop improving excellence is not a destination excellence is not something you achieve and say yes i have achieved it and that's all about it no actually it's an ever increasing work okay it says an ever increasing glory as we read in second corinthians 3 18. so you don't there's not a bus stop for excellence it's a constant work of improvement hallelujah so we have people with hunger without appetite that is they work hard for need but they have no capacity for more all right we get to be too satisfied there is appetite for excellence but their appetite for excellence is extremely low hallelujah so we have people with appetite without hunger all right they want more but they're not willing to pay the price there's appetite without hunger they want more but they're not willing to pay the price okay they talk big they brag about things you know that they they talk about having money but they are too lazy to achieve their goals and to achieve their dreams so there's so both extremes are wrong what god wants us to have is both a hunger and yet you know a large appetite for success for excellence i'll close with this scripture Luke chapter Luke chapter one and fifty three. To know that you're doing a great job, God bless you. Can you put up for me Luke chapter one and fifty three? Luke chapter one and fifty three. As we begin to you know draw the curtain for tonight, Father, we give you praise. Have both hunger and appetite for excellence. Have both hunger and an appetite for excellence. Do you see that? It says he has filled the hungry with good things, but has sent the rich away empty. So the question is that are you hungry or do you feel you're already rich? You know, people have clapped for you so much and you feel you're already excellent. You don't have anything to improve upon. He says such person will be sent away empty. He says he sent the rich away empty. All right. So the rich are people who feel that they already feel that there's no need for improvement anymore. I've been doing this for years. I've been a bishop since my mother's womb. I don't need to improve any other thing again. I'm good the way I am. Praise God. <laughs> All right. The Bible says such people, he will send away empty. He said, but the one who comes and say, you know what? I've achieved some things in the past. I did some things while I was on campus. Thank God. I did some things while I was at, you know, you know, in, in my workplace. I've been, I've, I've done some massive stuff in life, but yet I am still hungry for more. I'm still hungry for more. I've done some good stuff, but no. I, the, the, you see, the spirit of excellence is, is never, you can't, you, you, it's never, it's never satisfied. Okay. He's only satisfied after God says it is time, come home. When you look at people like 
Pastor E. Adeboe. All right? Redeemed Christian Church of God is in over 193 nations of the earth, and yet they are still planting churches, still doing much more. And you are like wondering, sir, what else do you need? What else do you want? He's still going after souls, still praying, still fasting. All right. He's not saying, you know, I've been in this ministry for 40 years. I think I don't need to fast anymore. There's grace, there's anointing. He's still doing all of this work, still putting in the work. Hallelujah. He has filled the hungry with good things, but he has sent the rich away empty. Be hungry. That's how you can get filled with good things. Be hungry, okay? The best, the best is not behind you. The best is way ahead of you. Don't settle for less and say, you know what? I've done enough. It's good. You know, I've I've, I've had so many accomplishments and um, accom and um, accolades. I think I'm fine. You know, and that's just all about it. No, Hallelujah. He has filled the hungry with good things, but he has sent the rich away empty. You know, it's just my um, admonition as we wrap up this session for tonight. Apologies for taking a little bit of time that um, let's be the best God has made us to be. All right. We are not into a competition with other people. Don't be a goat. Don't don't be the goat. All right. <laughs> all right. I hear people say, you know, the goat. All right. It's not you are not you are not trying to be the greatest of all time because there's really really nothing like that. You are not in competition with other people. You are in competition with the assignment and the giftings that God has placed on your inside. You are in competition with the assignment God has given to you, not with any other person. You are not chasing excellence based on other people's parameters. You are chasing excellence based on the nature of God within you because the nature of God is excellent. Right, so how dare you produce mediocre results? It's an insult to the name of Jesus Christ, to the name of the Trinity, for a believer to produce anything less than excellence. So it's my charge, it's my it's my admonition to you today that let's be the best God has made us to be. Okay, let's achieve all that God has made available, not all what other people are chasing. Right? Follow your own race. All right, and be in competition with yourself. Okay, discover what God has, you know, given unto you, and um, run it with excellence. Don't just say, "Oh, I have grace." Put pressure on grace, <laughs> just like DDK we say. All right, put pressure on the grace of God, and don't frustrate God's grace. Let's pray, Heavenly Father. We thank you for this now word you've given unto us. Thank you, Father, for blessing our hearts. Lord, I ask that. You cause your light to shine upon us. I pray, oh God, that we will go all out after you. We will do everything you've committed into our trust. We will not sleep and say, oh, we've achieved enough. But we'll go all out, all out in the morning, in the new time, in the night, every moment of the day, just to chase ad after you. And at the very end, we'll get the master's well done in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Heavenly Father. In that holy, worthy, and majestic name, Jesus Christ, we have prayed. When I agree with this prayer, say loud, amen, amen, and amen. God bless your heart. God bless you. My name is M. Diolani, and I approve this message. Praise God. Wow, what a word. For more messages, connect with our tribesmen across all social media platforms at Parkpoint Tribe.